Rule Church Podcast. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. He is honored and I get the glory. And by the way, it's even better because you see that building in Perryville, Arkansas? You see that one in Pachote, Mexico? Do you see that one in Tuxla, Guterres, down there in Chiapas? That building has my son's name on it. The church is not a democracy. It's a monarchy. Christ is king. You can't be Christian without a local church. You can't do anything better than to bend your knee and bow your heart, turn from your sin and repentance, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and join up with a good Bible-believing church and spend your life serving Jesus in a local, visible congregation. Episode 36, Eddie. How's it going? Man, it's going good. How are you? Well, I feel like I just saw you. Yeah. Is that because I did just see you? <laughs> that is right. We're, we're trying to bank an episode or two here so that we can kind of stay ahead. We know that summer will get busy. So That's right. Welcome to the Rural Church Podcast, episode 36. I'm Pastor Alan Nelson of Perryville Second Baptist Church, and with me is my co-labor in the ministry, my friend, brother in Christ, Eddie Ragsdale. Say hello, Eddie. Hello, everybody. And I'm the pastor of First Baptist Marshall in beautiful Searcy County, Arkansas. Man, what did you, isn't it just beautiful when you come to the Buffalo River region? Yeah, it's state? really, it is a beautiful part. You know, we were in Kentucky not long ago last week, but when this episode comes out, it'll be further than that. But we were, went to the Ark and it was this great, beautiful area out there in the hills and stuff and but when you get up into the ozarks you know there and and where you you're at boy boy that's a beautiful part it's a rural area you know okay relatively it's not it's not like over there in fayetteville or whatever um but it's but it's beautiful yeah i think cersei county has 8500 people yeah well, this is going to be, uh, that's a little bit more than Perry County. Actually, it's got like 10,000. This is going to be a shorter, a little bit shorter episode, I think. But sometimes Eddie and I get to talking and we go on a little bit, but we do have a little bit of a time crunch. But, you know, this week, this will come out a couple of weeks, but this week's been a very tough week in the news. Um, on Monday in Nashville, there was a, a school shooting and I know the the first temptation, let's just jump in and 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 get political and talk about you know this or that, but but can we just say first and foremost, it's absolutely heart wrenching. Um, right. The way I understand it, six persons lost their lives, and three of those, or was it six persons and the shooter? Um, I, I haven't. I haven't kept up real close with the details, yeah. but I, I do know that the daughter of the pastor, who's the church that ran the school, it was a Presbyterian church, PCA church, I'm pretty sure, that yeah. um, ran the school. And uh, I, I know the pastor's daughter passed away, was was murdered. In the- There's like three, uh, three children, I believe, ages nine. Mm-hmm. So our heart hurts for that. I also think about the policeman that charged in and they released the body and that body cam. I don't know if you watched that footage, but that body cam footage is hard to watch because you just feel the, the, the anxiety of the situation. But 
you know, I just want to say praise God for courageous men mm-hmm. and those courageous policemen. And it was, uh, they, they truly were heroes in that situation. And it's just really, really no words to describe the tragedy of what happened right here in, you know, the Bible Belt, Nashville, right. Tennessee, not very far from us. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, often we, me and some other brothers were discussing this yesterday morning and and we were just kind of talking about how, you know, sometimes we can think that these kinds of things will happen in some far off place. But honestly, they happen in places like this. You know, it's 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 a long time ago now, but these were the first school shootings that really were on my radar growing up were the school shooting some people will remember in Littleton, Colorado, in Paducah, Kentucky, in Jonesboro, Arkansas, um, that these these things don't only happen in Chicago or Portland or Los Angeles or New York. They happen in places like Jonesboro and Nashville. Yeah. So it, it really wasn't this a few weeks ago we, we talked about talking about this subject but now it's in the uh now it's it's kind of in the news and all that and in the subject of schooling with our children and and the options really that are out there public schooling private schooling homeschooling and so we wanted to give some thoughts today as we think about how it is that god has entrusted parents really parents are entrusted not the state parents are entrusted with the education of their children and raising their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I'll start out by saying, and then feed this over to you. It's, it's not, um, I just want to be careful the way I say this. It's, it's not that public schooling is necessarily intrinsically bad. I know that that's going to turn off some people and some other people, you know, I know there's some people on so many sides of this, but, but if you go back, you know, 50 years ago, 70 years ago, and you go to some of these rural public schools in, in, uh, in the Bible belt, you know, you will have something similar to what private schools are doing today. Right. But the problem is over the last, century or so that the public school system has really be really become very very public in the sense that the state has now especially in the last maybe 20 years and just even 10 years i mean just so rapid but the state has really taken over in such a way that it's trying to produce good little i think what's vody bakum say um good, good little romans good little romans or or yeah. whatever so what what do you think about that initial statement? Yeah, I think I think that's true. You know, I've what I've said for a long time is that it's not that I don't believe that Christians can faithfully raise their children if they send them to public school, but I think it's way harder. Yeah. To do so faithfully um is you're you're adding a a level of intentionality to the protection to the deprogramming to to you know this last weekend you were at our church um 
really talking about family worship and the importance of it and even the practical workshop on kind of how to do some some just practical ways to do it but the reality is it's not it's not as if well the homeschool families they they need to do family worship i would actually say you need it all the more if your children are going out into the world and let me not, say this. Not, not not to say that homeschool families don't need to be doing family worship. I don't want anybody to hear it that way. But I'm just saying to faithfully send your children into the public schools, parents, you can't you can't just kick it into neutral. Well and coast. A lot of people might be hearing this and then be like, Yeah, but see, we live in a small town, our school and and I do, I'm appreciative of our schools. I'm not opposed to our schools. And so you might say, yeah, but we don't have to deal with the LGBTQ stuff and nobody's doing those, the weird stuff, teaching inappropriate things and reading weird books to kindergartners like that's happening out in California, but it's not happening here. But I want to push back just a little bit and just say, even I remember even me being in school, the, the theory of evolution is taught as though it's just scientific, like this is true. And like, let me just say, you cannot you cannot hold the scriptures and the theory darwinian evolution hand in hand it's got to be one or the other that's right and 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 it's interesting to me how many people who profess to be christians just accept that and be like oh yeah well you know just figure out it's like no no even that like it's not true and it's undermining the scriptures and and what's trying to happen is and this is really push let me give you a kind of philosophical thought here position but what's trying to happen from the state's perspective is you can be you can do whatever you want in the privacy of your home per se but just don't bring it out to the public square and so they're trying to teach even in the school system that look you really can't your 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 christianity you have to separate that from biology you have to separate that from you have to separate that from your work you have to separate that from your public life if you want to be a christian in the privacy of your home that's fine but you see how foolish it is. We all know that the earth evolved and things evolved over millions of years. The earth is billions of years. We all know that. You could just have to take that, keep that Christianity out of this place. You understand what I'm saying? So it's even, it's more than just, it's more than just LGBTQ stuff. Although that is a serious issue, you know? And- and here's the thing. I think a lot of times I hear people say, well, we have good Christian teachers in our public school. Amen. I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to dispute that. I, I do think we have some good Christian teachers in our in some of our local public schools. I'm not going to dispute that. We have we have we have people in our church who are former teachers. Um, I have relatives that teach in the public schools that I think are wonderful. Uh, I I have a relative that's a teacher here in the local school in Marshall, and I think she is as fine a public educator as there could possibly be. That being said, it's not just the teachers, though. It's the system and it's the other students. Um, You are melding all of the different cultures in all of these different families, and your children, especially your young children, are being exposed to a lot of things that they wouldn't be exposed to in your home. And if you're saying, well, our local school, I'm sure it's good. Well, then parent, I would I would urge you over the next semester, sign up to be a substitute teacher and 
spend just four or five days over the next semester substituting in your public school. Yeah. So I, that you can so that you can know. I think that will that would open a lot of eyes. If every parent would substitute four or five days over the course of a semester, Christian parent, I think one, it might improve the schools. <laughs> but yeah. uh what it but what it will probably do is open the eyes of a lot of parents. I want to echo what you said about Christian teachers. I hundred percent know we have some in our church. They're faithful godly Christian teachers in public schools. I'm grateful. I'm great. I I truly am. I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful for their witness. I'm grateful for that. Um, I will also say, I know that there are some, what you would call nominal Christians, you know, they just say Mm -hmm. they're a Christian, but they're, they're actually not. And they're actually a hindrance uh, upon the kingdom of Christ because you you're sending young little Johnny to school. And he's like, Oh, that's what a Christian is. And like, well, Mm -hmm. no, that, that person just says they're a Christian, though there are actual genuine Christians, Christians that will pray with students and counsel students and open the Bible with students. Again, I know that there are those because I know some of those personally know some of those. And I praise I praise God for, for them. But I think a couple of reasons that people don't homeschool, a few reasons, if we can kind of mention that one reason is. Well, it just—it doesn't matter where we start. I don't guess one reason is socialization, but the reality is when you talk about socialization, often you're going back to what Eddie said. What what you're talking about is is subjecting your children to other children, the peer pressure, socialization, and and let me just say this: that doesn't end in public school, does it? That's right. You might be taught it in public school and learn it in public school, but you feel that pressure the rest of your life to fit in with the crowd, to not be different, you know, to stay on the broad way. And I understand there. Let's just, let's just call a spade a spade. There's a reason that some people think of homeschool kids as weird because sometimes they're weird. (laughs) Right. Am I wrong? No, no. (laughs) And Hey, you know what? Looking at the culture we have now, I want to be weird. Yeah. Compared to the culture, compared to the culture that doesn't know that can't rightly place people in the correct gender and doesn't know how to use pronouns correctly and uh and has the kind of confusion where we have drag queen story hour in public libraries, uh I want to be weird. Yeah. Compared there, to that culture. Yeah. There you go. The, that that's right. And furthermore, I would say that you most of the homeschooled children that I've interacted with are much better interacting with people of all ages. You know, they, they, they know how to work with adults. They know how to speak to adults. You know, one of the early experiences that pushed us toward homeschooling um, before we had actually begun to homeschool, I used to work in the cell barn in Searcy, Arkansas, not Searcy County, not here in Marshall, but in Searcy over in White County. And there was a homeschool family that ran the little cafe inside the cell barn. And so it was on the cell was on Tuesdays. And, you know, their children, their elementary age children would be in there helping the parents and they could make change and they could look you in the eye. Their eight year old could look you in the eye and say, yes, sir. And no, sir. And, and, uh, take your order and 
I mean, they were better than than the service you'll get at the local uh, McDonald's or Burger King for sure. Yeah. And I was like, look at these kids. This family is so impressive. You so, know, and 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 I and so yeah, I think that's absolutely true. So if that's your argument, well, I don't want my kids to to not have a social life. I don't think it's a good argument. It's for number one, it's okay if your kids are a little weird. That's fine. But the other thing is, uh, the other way is, if you're involved in a local church, well, how are your kids not going to be around other kids, right? right. And yeah. and that would encourage you to be even more intentional about not just showing up on Sundays, but spending time. So I, I don't think that's a valid excuse. But then you get to these other excuses, these other two I want to address. And I do think there can be some more validity here, and it might be a little more challenging to have to de- deal with these the next one is I'm going to say cost. So we have the husband and wife are both working and we're barely making ends meet. How in the world could the the wife not work outside the home and we be able to make it? Well, I have a few thoughts about that. The first thought is you might be in a, a you might actually be in a situation that you, you're going to have to say, okay, for the next year, we're going to have to keep our kids in the situation they're in, but we're working toward this goal. Mm-hmm. So so that might be one thing. But I'm just going to tell this, and this is the harder thing. Maybe you don't aren't able to afford two car payments, a camper payment, a boat payment, vacations to Disney World. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, there are things that you actually so there's there's situations and we could, could be for, for a variety of reasons that you're not able to afford one income and so you have to work towards that but then there's other situations where actually the only other income we've been in situations where we've seen families pretty much the, the ladies working the wife's working outside the home and it's just barely covering child care right so there yeah. might be things that you need to cut out of your life. Maybe you, maybe you can't eat out four times a week. Right. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you for us, we've had to make, um, I mean, we drive old vehicles, old paid for vehicles. And part of the reason is because yeah, on, on, on my income, we can't afford to drive newer nicer vehicles um it's just a fact of it the other thing i would say and this is a this is true kind of for both of us it doesn't mean that that your wife can't do anything that earns an income oh absolutely um so my wife has a part-time thing at the she's a nurse and so she uh she has a part-time job uh kind of as needed um with the local drugstore and she gives shots and stuff for them. And so sometimes, you know, certain times of the year when they're giving out a lot of flu shots or whatever, you know, she might work three days a week for a few weeks, but then like right now she hasn't worked in like a month, you know? So, uh, and, but that, and it's not a lot of money, but, but it helps. Um, now look, as a nurse, could she, could, could she make dramatically more money, probably more money than I make if uh, she was working 40 hours a week? Yeah. 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 She absolutely could. Uh, but our children are more valuable. Yeah. Amen. And 
there's creative things. My wife right now, which we're working towards being in done with this, but my wife keeps some kids. So, you know, that might be an option or there. Um, my wife also has a part-time job on a, on a online bookkeeping, you know, there's, there's ideas out there. And so you're not saying, you're not saying if a wife brings in income, it's wrong. No, not, not at all. Absolutely not. You're just saying, I don't think anybody will read the scriptures. Any conservative Christian would read the scriptures and say, oh yeah, God's design is for the husband and wife to be out of the home all week. The kids will be at school and you're never seeing each other. You're seeing each other a couple hours at night. I don't think any cons- any person that actually loves the Bible, loves Christ would look at that and be like, oh yeah, this is, this is what we're supposed to do. Not ever be together. As know? a matter of fact, I would even say to men, um, I know our, our culture doesn't give us to this, but men, um, if you're homeschooling your, your children, you ought to be, you ought to have them with you as much as you can. Like going back to before industrialization, you know, even into the scripture, but even post after the scripture, most boys were apprenticed by their fathers first into how to, how to have a good work ethic, how to be good men. And, Girls were apprenticed by their mother, but they seen they they seen their father working in the fields or doing his trade. Or <clears throat> so it's just to say this: it's not just mom who is who is uh, leading and teaching dads. It's on us too. We we have a responsibility in ed- educating our children. It's not just my wife is the is the homeschool teacher. Now my wife does do the bulk of the that educational teaching, but. Um, but I have responsibilities as well in, in educating our, our boys. Well, I think, um, you know, you certainly dads in, in a lot of situations can't take their kid every day of the office or anything like that, but, but there might actually be times that you could, and there might be times that you're going on, you have to do a business trip or something like that. And you actually can. Whereas if your kid's in public school, well, they can't miss so many days or whatever, but you know, you end up, you end up being able to take them and, 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 you know, um, you might say, well, if you're, you know, public school, I want my kid to play sports and school sports. And in, in Arkansas, number one, we've, we've got to let go of the idolatry of sports, but number two, they can play, they can still play sports. (laughs) <laughs> like my kids are going to have to sit out a year because we were homeschooling then not and now back to homeschooling. And so again, I understand being in a situation where you're like, you just feel overwhelmed and you can't homeschool, but um, yeah, your kids can still play sports, but, well, and, and I would say on the sports thing too, my kids aren't into sports, but, or not those kinds of sports, but, um, but like, our, my my children are in a local co-op, homeschool co-op in Conway, and um, and one of the 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 pastor actually of the church where they meet his son is a, his sons do play basketball, but they play in on a homeschool team that's yeah, all homeschoolers. You, yeah, and they well, play in a homeschool league. I mean, so it's I'm it's just afraid like so many parents are going to look up. They feel so busy. They're going to look up and their kids are grown and they're going to realize they spend so much time in sports, right? Not near enough time 
you know, that's all their memories, their whole family centered around doing sports, you know, but anyway, yeah. that, that really wasn't top. So, so we're trying to work through some excuses. One, my kids will be weird. Okay. So be it Two, financially. Now this, that again, that can be hard. You have to pray. You have to maybe set a goal for a year or six months. You may have to cut out some things um, in your life. Your, your, your standard of living may have to, to change a little bit. You may have to cook, learn to cook more at home or plant a garden or whatever. And then the third excuse, and I, I think this might be the least of all, is like, I just can't do it. I'm just not smart enough to do it. My pushback there is twofold. One, God thinks you are. How did children for the last 6,000 years ever learn to make it in society? The vast majority of those have been educated at home. So that's number one. Number two, man, praise God for the for the world that we live in today in terms of technology and resources and help and co-ops and all these things, it's not nearly as difficult. If you're like, but I hate algebra. It's all right. There's a lots of resources out there that can help you do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are even, I mean, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying do this. This isn't what our family does, but I even seen, uh, I was watching a YouTube video of a guy and I, I wouldn't want to recommend him. Uh, his theology is 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 not good. He's he's heretical in some things, but um, his um, but he does like homesteading and stuff like that. And this this guy, his wife passed away. They were they were they live on a farm, you know, rural area, and um, but his wife they homeschooled, and his wife passed away. Well, he still had to work. You know, he still had to provide a living. And so what he had to do because he wanted to continue to homeschool was enroll his children in an online program. And then he oversees that while he's still able to do his his regular work. And I think it involves the grandparents help and stuff like that. But it's just to say there's almost always a way. There's almost always a way. If you feel inadequate, well, there are resources, like you said, um, to where you can still be uh, leading your family that way. And and I think it comes down to this. You're responsible. You won't be able to turn your children over to the public school. And then if things go badly uh, on the day of judgment, say to the Lord, well, that was on the school. No. Mom and dad. You're responsible for the children the Lord gave you. Hey, wow, that's that's powerful right there, brother. I mean, right on. You have to take ownership. You, God has entrusted you with these beautiful children. Psalm 127, 4 says they're like arrows in the hands of a warrior. You've created these arrows. Don't blunt their tips. Don't change them into paintbrushes. You're raising arrows. Arrows to shoot into the kingdom of darkness, 
to push it back to further the kingdom of Christ. Raise your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Eddie and I can't possibly come into every family that happens to listen to this and be able to articulate all that needs to be done, but we can give these general principles that we've given today, and we can give what Eddie said, like, the end of the day, you're going to stand before God one day and be held accountable for your children. Are you sending them into pagan lands to be discipled by pagans? If so, you need to figure out the way that uh, that you can you can fix that. There's other options out there. It might be hard. It might require sacrifice. But each family has to pray and think about the situation that they're in, and then figure out the best way that they can steward the most precious resource they've been given in this life, and that is the raising and nurturing and admonition of children. Um. So I know we're we're running late, and so I'll try to be quick with this. But I feel like um, I would be, we would be not doing our due diligence if we didn't deal with one other objection, and that is that our children are missionaries. Mm. That our children are missionaries. And first of all, I would say, well, are your children even Christians? Because we're Baptists. <laughs> and they weren't baptized into the new covenant upon birth. They've, they've got to be born again. And even if your your children are genuinely born again, um, have they? are you saying that you're ready to send them off into a pagan culture? You're ready to ship them off to another country? And you'd say, oh, no, no, no. Well, that is what your public school is. It is a pagan culture. And... We have a responsibility to raise up our children and then to shoot them out as adults, as those arrows, um, and not to not to take them while they're unprepared um, and just cast them into the pagan culture. And so I, I really want to push back on, on the idea because I've heard it from, from faithful brothers and sisters who do love the Lord, but... It's not our job to send our kids in to be missionaries. Once again, going back to, I'm so thankful for the godly Christians that are teachers and administrators in public schools. They are missionaries yeah. into, that, into that pagan culture, but not our children. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the reality is the public school system is is probably never going to end. And so I'm not necessarily saying, you know, that all Christians everywhere need to abandon teaching positions and principal position, those sorts of things. I'm not saying that. In fact, that's great. But that doesn't mean you could even teach at a school and not have to send your children there. Right. right? Yeah. Um, that you're not saying that you have to subject your children to all that. And I mean, we really this is different episode, but we really misunderstand missionary. A missionary ought to be a preacher and a church planner, you know. Mm -hmm. Not not little Johnny, who's interested in, you know, little Susie to be his girlfriend, you know, whatever. You're That's like, right. You know, you're like, right. You're right. Come on, man. I mean, it's just not a great uh, it's not a great argument to say we're going to win the culture with our eight year old, you know. Yeah. Um, instead, raise him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And when he gets to be 20 years old or whatever and married and then he's you know, carrying on the legacy of Christ, as it were, 
anyway, you, none of this can be separated from the local church. There's That's lots right. of homeschool families out there that are doing it wrong. They're homeschooling because they're just anti-government or they're homeschooling because they just want to be different. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about under the authority of Christ, seeking to please him, being connected with the local church. All this ties in together. But yeah, it's about time to shut it down. What you think? I think, uh, man, the one other thing I would encourage is um, it's so great if your local church can be a place that has a community where this homeschooling is encouraged. I'm not saying, man, don't pastor friends. If you're listening to this, I'm not, don't pound your pulpit and, and condemn everybody whose kids are in the public school. Don't do that. But I am saying, let's, let's have a, let's, let's have a, an attitude within our culture, within our local churches, where uh, we encourage families to take up the responsibility and accountability to raise up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and to do that in the way that is best served in their family, um, whether that be an online academy or, you know, homeschool curriculum or however you, you figure out how to do it. But mom and dad, train up your children in the way of the Lord. Yeah. And even if they're in public school for a season, you know, that's not taken away from this responsibility. Yeah. Like you say, in fact, it's adding all the more, like you said earlier in in the episode. So, you know, the principle there, applying the truth of God to every individual situation, sometimes things can look a little different, but the principle here remains. And everyone who loves the Bible and loves Christ is going to agree with this. You have to pour into your children intentionally and raise them up intentionally in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Thank you guys for joining us on this episode of the Rural Church Podcast. Podcast, podcast. Say goodbye, Eddie. We'll see you guys next week. If, If you really believe the church is the building, the church is the house, the church is what God's doing. This, this is his work. If we really believe what Ephesians says, we are the poemos, the masterpiece of God. How are you going to respond?